Hello, my friends, the people out there that listen to a show that we like to call ADD Masterminds. I don't know what you guys call it. I mean, you could call it flu flu. I don't know. But we call it ADD Masterminds. Okay. We're starting so strong. <laughs> Welcome to flu flu. Uh, oh, that's the name of this podcast that. episode. The flu flu. Welcome channel. to flu flu. Perfect. I already. Oh yeah. All right. I am Bridge Live What? I'm the girl. Representing all of the girls. All girl kind. Yep. As I should. <laughs> all right. So um, I, I think we were going to open by talking about blurry creatures. And I have no clue what that is. So explain everything about blurry creatures to me. See, I love to become um, an instant expert on things, which means I listen to like four podcast episodes and I know mm. everything. Mm. Um, but Blurry Creatures I started listening to and it's kind of cryptids through like a biblical lens. Like what could it kind of be? Is there Are there cryptids represented in the Bible? And there's a lot of it is really interesting. They go into the Nephilim. They go into um the Rephaim which is apparently the Nephilim after the flood but like mm -hmm. a lot of how these anytime they were like oh we can't go conquer these people they're giants they're huge like that they're cryptids or that they were like so what are cryptids Bigfoot um Bigfoot Mothman Chupacabra like so like um, creatures that may not exist may may not there's plenty mm -hmm. that people thought didn't exist and then it turns out that they were real which is very cool mm -hmm. um but yeah cryptid's going to be like the bigfoot loch ness uh type maybe mythological creatures that might be there might not uh i'm a big crazy believer in cryptids but they're big on you know that the nephilim are actually all over the bible these uh human angel hybrids so they're very big on the hybrids the the interviews they have are fascinating the people that have found these enormous skulls the evidence that has gone missing like mm. it's every now and then I'm like well that's a little bit out there but then I, I feel like who knows anymore but it's a really it's, it's like a good the, show I think you'd like it it's like the good kind of conspiracy theory where it doesn't like lead people to do like dangerous thing that, that right danger people's lives without getting political yeah it's very much <laughs> possibly like just the thought experiment of yeah. like all right Right, maybe these things were real. Maybe they still are. Um, I'm just gonna assume that like every like freakishly tall person is like one like an offspring of the Nephilim. Oh, that's a total yeah. total. Like they still think that the bloodline is around. For some reason, people with red hair they seem to think oh. still part of that bloodline. So like Prince Harry, definitely oh. descended from Nephilim or something like that. Like it's it's wild definitely Wild. um portals underground caves like it's a whole whole thing uh Did you see, i saw like the south park um no. so south park did an episode i never watched south park but i made an exception i got one of my sure. kids to figure out how to stream it for me so okay. i could watch the episode on the king and queen of canada oh okay right and it basically had two characters that were just like harry and megan but they didn't call them harry okay. and megan Sure. And so they're like, oh, it's in my memoir. It's titled, wow. <laughs> I read that book. 
I read where. You I did. liked it. I did. Yeah, I think like okay, so I I think like the whole royal family thing is is like a like to have people grow up with that level of fame, mm-hmm. it's gonna mess up anybody. Um, and I think like to say like yeah, I don't like I didn't like growing up in the royal family, like that's okay, right? Sure, like cool, you have yeah. the right to do that. But to build a whole career around it, I'm like, okay, I like how much how much do we give like attention to this? Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like first of all, you know, like royal family fame is different than like child star fame. You know, so a child star that's just gotten everything they wanted and goes yeah. off the rails is different than, you know, a kid who's been basically raised to be a politician. Yeah. Um and I, I, my, my takeaway from the book was just him correcting a lot hmm. that, or at least being able to be like, look, you know, I, I saw this said, and that's not what happened. And I saw this done and that's not what happened. Or they treated my sister-in-law this way and my wife that way. Hmm. I, I love not using actual names, but everybody, our yeah. listener knows exactly who, um, yeah. stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, just to kind of be like, and it wasn't how you expected. It. it wasn't exactly this glamorous whatever lifestyle. There's money, but it belongs to the firm and how the firm and the family are different. And I just, I don't know. I found it fascinating. Huh. I, so it just kind of gives you like an inner look at yeah, it's, what it's like for that person. Right. And how it's, you know, whatever you thought it was going to be. It's not like a movie. It's not like this. It's not like, you know, yeah. it was it's different than American Hollywood fame, which I think is what we all over here at least thought, you know, it was for, for Royal family fame. Well, it's funny too. Cause I, I remember there was like all this criticism that came out for like the whole imagine thing where they, they did that whole, like, yeah, everybody sings, imagine all these celebrities. I, I got away their... with not ever seeing it. I don't know how right. I didn't see it, but I heard enough about it. Yeah, I saw portions of it. Um, Okay. But, like, I remember just, like, all the criticism that came out about it. And then I had a friend who, at the time, who was, like, kind of plugged into some of these, like, celebrity. And I was like, man, these people are so out of touch. And my friend is like, no, if you actually know these people, you know they're just, like, a friends group that hang out together. And it's just kind of like, it's not, they're not that out of touch. It's just, you know they just live a different life and within their bubble right it makes sense to be this way yeah and okay. you know every time i criticized you know a celebrity he'd be like hey i know this person and like i don't like you attacking my friends <laughs> so i'm like all right okay gosh but it's but it is like i think a lot of times we forget that like famous people are actually humans just like us right and so it's like to make someone into a caricature rather than seeing them as a human being. And it's like, and I don't like, they're, they live with far more, you know, advantages than the regular sure. person. Yeah. And um, so like, I like, uh, like Kevin Bacon. I remember someone who was interviewing him and they're like, man, it must be so hard to be like so famous. Like everywhere you go, like you can't escape the fame. And he's like, are you kidding me? Everywhere I go, strangers walk up to me and say, I love you. 
people give me free stuff everywhere I go, right? Yeah. And okay. so it's it's interesting because I think it comes with a lot of advantages, but then there's a dark side to it too. Right. And I think like human beings were not designed to be gods. And mm -hmm. so, and they're all gods. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing that we're doing in the church with pastors. We I mean, is anybody meant to to be that known and have that much influence? I don't think that's healthy for anybody. But yeah. I'm I'm probably out of touch for a portion of you know the population. We're all conditioned in our little social climates, you know, and um, yeah, it's all it's all well, relative. Sure. None of it matters. It's made up. <laughs> well, it it's funny because like um. When I first moved into this place, um, we live like on like a main road. Mm. It's like there's a lot of traffic. And um, we woke up in the morning one day and our barbecue, which is in front of our house, um, the propane tank was missing from it. And <laughs> my wife is like, I think someone stole our propane tank. And I look out there and my first reaction is I started laughing. I'm like, that's hilarious. Like, how did somebody do that? It's like a main road. Like they just in the yeah. middle of the night, they just walked up and like, took this propane tank and didn't think anyone now. would notice and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. And then I went and bought a new propane tank. Right. I was like, okay, I'll just go buy another propane tank. And then I thought about it afterwards. And I'm like, this wouldn't be okay for a lot of people. Like there's a lot of people that would be like, oh no, I have to buy another propane tank. This is gonna, this is gonna be bad. Like yeah. You know, like it's like they don't they don't they can't yeah. afford that. That's the yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's like kind of recognizing that there are people who don't live with the same advantages that I have. Right. Right. I just walked away from a job that was really it was small. It was two days a week, yeah. um, but it was terrible and I hated every second of it. And I just I drove in the last day knowing it was my last day. I was like, I'm not staying. I'm not coming back. Um, least professional thing I have ever done. I left in the middle of a shift, but I was Ooh. in my probationary period. Yeah. So I was allowed yeah. to leave whenever I wanted. They're probationary too. When you're probationary. That's exactly right. Yeah. When that clicked over and I was like, you know what? He's not passing my probationary period. So I'm out. I was yeah. like, Oh, I'm just going to leave today. And I went home and I was like, I fully grasp the amount of people at its most that would not be able to do that. That would be yeah. like, no, it's only two days a week, but I need these days. I can't find like, I, I fully grasp. I was able to leave without replacing it. And that was fantastic. But yeah, it's, I think, you know, we're, we're all at, I'm severely disadvantaged by one standard but if we look on the other side i know that we're also severely advantaged on the other side um yeah. that that perspective is so important yeah for sure and it, it was funny because at work um last week a couple weeks ago um i like think it was national we did national women's day um and i realized just how many women i work with because mm -hmm. it's like i'm like in the oil industry i do a lot of work in the oh, oil sure. industry and I've spent a lot of my career, like not really working much with women. And mm. I was like, it's kind of cool how much, like how many women we have in this organization. And um, I I had a conversation with, you know, my manager, who is a woman and another lady that was there. And they were talking about like um, how, you know, when they travel for work, 
it's like they can't always take a taxi. Mm. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's, and I'm like, I have never thought of any risk in taking a taxi. Right. But yeah. they were talking about all these things about like how it's like, especially, you know, if you go to like a party and you're mm -hmm. intoxicated, it's like, yeah, you don't take a taxi by yourself. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Like, I just, there's just so many things I'm clueless about. Yep. Because, because of the advantages I have. I love how we're not using the P word because it's political. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you don't take a taxi. You don't say that yeah. you're going home. You don't say that you're traveling alone. You don't say you nobody's home right now. You know, you yeah. don't. Um, like I've taken, I've taken very few Ubers, but yeah. I've always like, oh no, I'm going to a friend's house. Like I've never told anybody I'm heading home, you know, like yeah. just, you don't do that. Um, my husband was just out of town for a night or two to go to a family funeral. And I, I love my neighborhood. My neighborhood's absolutely fine, but I still, it was before daylight saving. So it was still pretty dark to walk the dog, even like at, you know, like nine or whatever. And I was like, he was not in town. He was in Texas. And I was like, yeah. I'm walking the dog. I'll be back. And like, I'll text you when I get home, like make yeah. sure that I get home just yeah. to, just to take him around the block in the dark. But it's, it's all the time. It is constant. Like another thing that was like immensely shocking to me is like, I have this friend who's part of like the, um, nonprofit. Mm -hmm whatever <laughs> sector and uh he he was like at this um event where this woman received an award and the guy that was presenting the award is like a guy who's known to be a little handsy mm -hmm. and um so he presented the award to her and then he offered her a hug and gave her a hug yeah and my friend said you could see how uncomfortable she was and he said to me, yeah, because, you know, like when women are offered a hug, they're supposed to give a hug. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Like, no way. Like, I just, you know, and so yeah. like the next day I'm at work and I there's this lady I worked with who's just like. She doesn't take any crap from anyone. Like, okay. she's just a no nonsense. Yeah. You know, like I was just like, she's. She seems like a tough girl, right? And I asked her, I'm like, so if somebody, like if a guy offered you a hug, would you feel like you have to take it? Otherwise you'll be labeled by some kind of word that people use for women. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's not nice. Right. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I, I'd have to accept the hug. And I'm mm -hmm. like, That's insane. Like I yep. and so it's and so there's like so many things like as a guy, I never think about. And I think, you know, like as a middle class person, I'm sure there's lots of things I don't think about. Right. 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 And I mean, even well, I, I could even say I have a coworker who is Muslim and he's got like mm -hmm. a very Muslim name. Um, mm -hmm. His first name is Muhammad. Right. Okay. And yeah. I was like, we're going to fly to another city. And. He's like, okay, I have to get there like two hours early. I'm like, why? Because they have to vet my name. Oh, stop. Yeah. And I'm like, that's crazy because oh, his wow. name is the same name as somebody who's done some bad stuff, right? Yeah. And so it's like, there's just things like that. And I think like when you have like a common name like that, 
which is so interesting in itself too because i'm like there's no like christian equivalent to having a name like muhammad like nobody like what's what's a name that's just like right. obviously christian like even the name yeah. christian i'm sure there's lots of atheists with the name christian sure sure right and yeah. so huh. it's just it's interesting that he's like just labeled because of his name and wow yeah yeah and so i mean there's just a lot of things we don't think about and just like a little bit of like if we're just able to listen to people and let them tell them, tell us their story. Right. And and same thing with my children. You know, I, I learn a lot from my children about what this next generation is going through. And, yeah. you know, like my kids are like, yeah, when we go to like Walmart, there are people that are going to be watching us very carefully. Yes. Because they yeah. think we're going to shoplift. And yeah. I'm like, I don't remember that at all as a kid. Yeah. Maybe I was just unaware. Mm. <laughs> it could be. But it's also but. they're being raised in the city. Maybe yeah. in the city it's more prevalent that they okay. kind of stereotype teenagers and say they're up to no good, right? So Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, and all of these things, like, I think all of these th things develop within our society for various reasons. Um, like, I'm sure, like, if somebody's going to assume that uh, a teenager is going to shoplift, it could very well be because teenagers have shoplifted from them in the past, right? Sure. So it's like, I don't know if there's much to be done with these stereotypes, but people have to live yeah. with those stereotypes. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. And I just have compassion mm -hmm. for people who deal with challenges I don't. Yeah. I feel like I mean, the stereotypes come from somewhere, you know, I don't, yeah. I think there's, you know, and quote profiling you know will come from mm -hmm. somewhere but it doesn't have to stick around like it doesn't make it properly based on anything or useful you know? yeah and I mean some stereotypes are rooted in some fact right and it's still unfair to apply it to someone who is not shoplifter <laughs> exactly yeah but there's also stereotypes that arise out of fear where we're mm -hmm. preemptively stereotyping people and saying these type of people don't trust them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> right and that can be race that can be other identities that i won't get into because that'll sure. get political um <laughs> right and it's like and there's all kinds of stereotypes that are being built that have no actual factual basis and it's just a matter of people with power trying to manipulate people under them like anybody who has some sort of following it's like there is a good chance that they are they have developed that following by getting people angry mm. and so like yeah. what are you making people angry about to get a following oh just united through rage yeah Oof. yeah yeah and I mean, I think maybe to a certain extent, I've probably developed a following out of people being enraged about things, hmm. right? Because I, I do critique the church pretty hard sometimes. And so That's that true. could be, that could be it too. Yeah. I'm probably unfair in how I critique the church sometimes, but I'm just so angry. <laughs> As you say with a smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so angry about it. It makes me so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's weird because I'm like, I, I guess I'm um, 
And I was going to talk about this later, but um, my therapist pointed out to me that like I, what I'll do is I won't deal with the person right in front of me. Mm-hmm. I'll just rage about it. And then I'll think about what's the system that made them this way. And then I'll rage about that system on social media or on my podcast. Uh, and okay. I'm not dealing with the person in front of me at all. Huh. And I'm like, well, that's such an unhealthy way to create. And my therapist is kind of like, well, like if you decide to build content to educate, you know, that's one thing, but to use it instead of actually dealing with real life situations, that's very unhealthy. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so part of it is like, she said, the solution is if you feel a certain way about something, you tell people. And don't decide not to tell them because they won't believe you or, you know, they'll react negatively to how you feel. Yeah. And I'm still learning this because I, I don't know. I feel something I'm like, like I, on Facebook, something happened and I was like, oh, I'm so angry with how that person reacted. But I'm like, but I don't want to, I don't want to tell them that. Mm Because I don't think it makes sense for me to be angry. And maybe Facebook isn't the best situation for that. Because I'm like, I don't like your, I didn't like your tone there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, right, right. But it it got me thinking about it. And I'm like, huh, that really bothers me. Does it even make sense for that to bother me? And I'm still kind of processing it. I took a, I took a break for a week off Facebook. I go back to Facebook tomorrow. But, um, hey, I went back to Twitter mostly. Did you? I did. <gasps> I haven't I haven't done a ton and it's just mostly it's it's very true that it was mostly stuff unrelevant that I was like, "Oh, I want to respond to that question." Uh-huh. And I don't know how to do it without Twitter. So I just put it back on my phone and um it's still as wild as I thought it would be. I jumped right in the middle of so many not jumped, but I was feel like I I opened it up and it came in the middle of so many topics and conversations that I was like I don't even know what we're mad about today I don't know what this is <laughs> so I'm gonna go I'll come back in the morning and see what happens tomorrow <laughs> but I'm trying to there. deal with stuff with humor more okay you know and it's just like okay this person says something that's just ridiculous so let's try this out how yeah. far can we take this and respond with like yeah and then <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to have fun with some of this ridiculousness. But okay. um but yeah, I guess learning how to process my emotions because I still don't want to just like you know just come out with like I don't like your tone. Right. Right. I want to process it a little more than that and just kind of calm down and say. But uh, the problem is if I give myself too much time to calm down, it doesn't even make sense to address it. By the way, a week ago, I didn't like your tone. (laughs) It's been eating (laughs) at me ever since. (laughs) That's just really interesting with with therapy, your therapist, that initially I was like, no, considering the system that made somebody react that way and say what they said makes sense. That seems like the right thing to do. That doesn't seem unhealthy. But then again, if you're not confronting the person with the behavior then yeah I guess you gotta you gotta do that first well and I think part of it too therapy I miss it (laughs) I gotta go back 
I, I got like, I, I'm not, I, I think I'm going a month without therapy and then I'm going to go back in a couple weeks here. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I'm still processing what went down last time. Um, but I think like for me, the reason why I go straight to the system is that I'm like, I want to forgive that person that mm-hmm. hurt me. Okay. And so I I don't want to say, hey, that hurt, because I feel like they're going to react with like, well, no, it's the truth, right? Because that's what I get mm-hmm. in Christian circles most often. What I said is the truth. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, first of all, it's not the truth. And second, you're supposed to speak the truth in love. Right. And so like both, but it's like the overrating their ability to discern truth is the first thing. Mm. And um, so... So I go straight to the system and be like, well, this is how they view God. Like they view God this mm-hmm. way. And, you know, most of it is kind of like they believe God is manipulative. And so it's like God makes us do the things we're supposed to do. And God has this idea of what's right and wrong. Right. That doesn't make sense to us humans. Mm. And so it's like, okay. So then it becomes like gaslighting because it's like, well, I know you feel this way, but that doesn't matter because God hates it when you're right. this way. Right. And so you need to get aligned with God. And the people that are saying this are like just nasty people. Yeah. And I'm like, why is it this way? And I think it is this way because they see God as manipulative, mm-hmm. where I see God as love. Yeah. And it's non-coercive love. And so it's like, and so then your theology kind of aligns with the idea of consent. And it's Mm -hmm. like, is this consensual? Which kind of flies in the face of like all of this Christianity. Yes. Yes. And so that's where I'm at. And I'm like, huh, well, I like this better. Right. Is this scriptural? I'm like, I don't totally know. Yeah. Um, but if this is scriptural and this is right, I'm like, I'm still okay with being wrong because Mm. I want to let people live their lives and I want love to be the answer to everything. Yeah. And I'm willing to stake everything on that, including my own salvation. I'm like, I don't think God's going to fault me for pursuing love. Yeah. I I feel like too many people open their mouths on how God feels about things that he hasn't yeah. told us how he feels about. Yeah. You know, he's, he's told us what he abhors. And most of the time it's not what, you know, the Twitter verse is mad about. And <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, the obsession with Paul's writings, I get it. And the scripture yeah. is valid and we need it. And I just get very like, if, if, if I was some like shepherdess, Back in the day, and Jesus walked by and was like, daughter, you're loved. Sister, mm. you're forgiven. Like, whatever. Yeah. And walked away, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I think the Messiah just came by. That would be enough forever. Like, yeah. that. if I never read any of these other letters, if I never found people who also met him, if I met him, yeah. and that was it, that would be enough forever. So I just... I just really want to focus on what he would have said to me, what he did say yeah, and the relationship between me and him and not necessarily, no, 
not necessarily letters that were written to specific churches going through specific things. I think it's all important. We can learn from it all. But I still, like two years ago, and my internet life needs to not be my real life, but like two years ago, somebody was like, well, what makes you think that what Jesus said is more important than what Paul wrote? And I was like, oh, we're <laughs> not continuing this conversation another second, not yeah. a second. Um, yeah. One of the the podcasts I've been listening to is reading through the entire Gospels every month. And I my my attention span is so short, I cannot sit and read. But it's the first thing I do every morning. And every morning, I'm like, I want to do something else first. It's 15 to 20 minutes. And it's a different translation every month. And it's like a different order every month. So it went hmm. through one way, it went through another. And this month, it's um, chronological. So there's a lot of repetition in a day, because there's a lot of like this miracles in all four, or this parables in all four, and the differences and the the details that each author comes up with, like today, apparently John wasn't in it at all, but Matthew and Mark and Luke were, but it's fascinating. This is ending up, we're wrapping up month three of just reading the gospels, the whole four books every month. And I'm like, if if I did nothing but this for the rest of my life as Bible, that'd be fine. Let's just do this. (laughs) Like Jesus was so cool. Let's just read these. I am a, trying to do the Bible chronologically. Oh, um, yes. So what I've been doing in like the app, the Bible app, whatever it is, you version is um, every time I get to the next like book that I'm supposed to study, I just find a book study that's on it. So I'm okay, in yeah. Ruth right now. <clears throat> yes. But uh, the one I did last was like, so like, I could tell this guy was like just fiercely political. Oh, okay. In in how he was addressing it. It's like God's way. God's okay. way is the right way. And I'm like, and you know, and so it was kind of interesting because I was like, I could just feel the judgment in the commentary mm. every time. And I'm just like, I am not loving this, but it's yeah. okay. I got through it. <laughs> no, I love going through it chronologically. It makes things make more sense and the the bible characters for lack of a better word that were contemporaries but were separate you know like i can't i can't remember who it was but there was something that were like did you know this one and this one were actually interacting with god in these huge stories at the same time but totally separate but Mm. at the same time contemporarily and i was just like nope i had no clue that that was a thing you know just it opens up how small the world was at the time i guess yeah and my relationship with scripture has changed a lot over time too okay. like yeah. i'm like and so i'm not sure what to do with it sometimes mm. and so like it's it's interesting and i i think like trying to figure out where i stand on things because it is kind of like i see such the like the negative way that a lot of these scriptures have been used yeah and it's like and i just I don't know this like ever loving God that's been with me, um, mm. you know, as you know, from childhood. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, and as I've wandered, as I've questioned and he's still been present with me mm. and there was never a point where he's like, okay, okay, you're off the rails now. Right. And I'm done with you. You know, like it was like, huh. 
Like even when I was like, hey, you know what? I'm done with you, God. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Okay, well, I'll be here if you uh, want to come back. And I could just yeah. sense that. Even in my rage, I was just like, okay. And now it's like I've come back to this, just this this knowledge, you know, and this understanding that that presence has been with me all this time, just this steady mm -hmm. presence and this unconditional love. And, um, and it's to the point, too, where I feel like I relate to the father more than I do the son sometimes. Oh, interesting. Because there are scriptures where the son, I'm like, I don't know if I agree with what you said here. Hmm. You okay. know? And so, yeah. And so it's just, I'm at an interesting place. And so, so like even with scripture, it's like I can look at scripture and say, okay, well, they said God did this. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how this relates to the God that I know. Mm. Um, because like, it doesn't make sense to, you know, for all this death or sure. to look at women as property. Like right. there's a lot of things. Cause like, even you talk about like David and Bathsheba, you know, there's mm -hmm. that, that debate keeps coming up all the time. Yeah. And it's like, people are like, well, it's clear that David raped Bathsheba. And it's like, well, then why doesn't the Bible say that? And it's like, well, they both sinned and that, you know, Bathsheba, you know, shouldn't have been bathing. You know, she was not right. she was not being decent or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know about all that. Like, mm -hmm. you guys can fight about that all you want. But the way that I see it is. In the Old Testament, women are viewed as property. And yeah. the Old Testament says David took Uriah's yeah. property. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you really want to just like interpret I mean, that I Bible that Nathan way. Uh, it's prophet Nathan, right? In that one, could not have been clearer yeah. that you know so, that a lamb, a you know, the picture of biblical innocence was yeah. was stolen and and killed. You know, yeah. Um, oh gosh, but no, the the God that's been with you since childhood, I love that. Like, because mm -hmm. you guys have history, you know, and then there's this like, oh, now I'm like, well, God and I have history as yeah. friends and everything that it's like, okay, we have, we have that lifelong history together. Everybody has their own story. We're all like, yeah. when, when you meet a friend of your friend and you're hearing tales out of school, it's almost like, you know, well, God has a history before either of us as well with other people. Yeah. So are we kind of hearing the like, Oh, well, when God and I were hanging out, yeah. you know, we did this. When God and I were hanging yeah. out, you know, he stilled some storms and he yeah. fed us from heaven. Like, That's what the Bible is. It's just like yeah. people are like, well, this is what happened with God and I. And like some of us, some of these stories, I'm like, Can well. somebody make that translation? Because I will read the heck out of that. Of like, <laughs> you know, God around the campfire. Like, well, when God yeah. and I went on an adventure, you yeah. know, knocked some walls down and. Yeah. It got bloody in places, but oh my gosh. Oh, I love that. I'm pretty sure he was kill, cool with me killing those people. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and it's interesting too, because a lot of people interpret those as like, oh, well, back in the Old Testament, people mm. use hyperbole all the time and all this sure. stuff. But it's like, I think like the biblical lens is a product of its time. And you have yeah. to kind of understand that time if you really want to, like, understand what it's saying. Yeah. Because, like, even, you know, like Paul saying, I do not permit a woman to speak in church. Yeah. It's like, okay. Um, I've heard people say that uh, one way of looking at it is that, that he was actually quoting somebody else. 
he wasn't yes, like that was yes, in quotations right. and he was kind of like right. mocking them I've for saying that. that and all this stuff. And I'm like, I, it's just so funny to me though, that like you're, you're trying to restrict people based on a conversation you overhead heard in a letter mm-hmm. that you took out of context. And I'm like, this is so dumb. Like, can we just like stop and say, does this make sense? Yes. You're right. You know, it's like you hear you know, Beth Moore speak and you're a man and what she's saying really resonates with you. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. If that resonates with the God that you've known since childhood, wow. then take it. Like, yeah. And anyways. Okay. So you, um, you said something that was so cool when we were like done last episode, you that's, said, don't fill in the blanks. My cool stuff. And you yes. were talking about how Still. like, yeah, in relationships, we often fill in yeah. the blanks. Um, where like, we're like, well, this person said this, and then you fill in the blanks of what else they could have been thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was in a a situation that things were a little tense and it was a lot of, a lot of texts back and forth and it was kind of agreed on like, all right, when, when, when you're feeling better person is when I'm feeling bad we're not doing well I was just we'll talk about it then and I was like okay I'm I'm ready when you are and I love you and and I'm like the second you tell me that you're ready to to have this conversation absolutely and it was so hard for me to just go like and then that's it and we will talk when we're ready and I just kept being like I, I bet they're on, you know, they had blocked me on one or two socials over the day. And I was like, I bet they're vague booking right now. And I bet they're talking to their family or or friends of ours or something. And I, they're, they're probably on the phone with their therapist too. And they're saying this mm-hmm. and they're saying that, like, what are they, um, are they mad about me? Are they building this story up? Cause I fully felt and still do that. I was in more or less the right and I don't think there was a wrong. I think there was a right and a hurt <laughs> and mm. that's, that happens. But I just kept the only, I just kept looking at the last like two texts of like, yeah. all right, I'm ready when you are, I love you. And we'll talk when you're ready to talk about it. And it's like, they could be doing all these other things and talking to all these other people, but I'm going to, that's not my business. Like mm. it doesn't involve me really. And I got to not fill in the blanks of who they're talking to, what they're talking about, what they're saying. And just, this is what I know is true. I'm going to take them at their word. This is the words that are actually in front of me. I have to trust that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to fill in the blanks of what else they're doing, how they're hyping themselves up. And it's been tough. Um, That was like over the summer, but using that it's helped me so much. Like, yeah. and as an as an overthinker, as an Enneagram four of just mm-hmm. constantly overthinking and what do people think about me and what are they saying? And what if, you know, did I come across the wrong way? Did I say the wrong thing? And it's just kind of been like, all right, maybe I did and maybe I didn't, but I can't make up more situations. I can't lay here and think about it. It's not gonna help. And I've been telling the kids, even, you know, that Ryan, um, my boy is like you know, well, this one was my friend last week and now he's not my friend this week. And he said this and he said that. And I was like, well, his opinion of you honestly isn't even your business. Mm -hmm. And it says more about Mm -hmm. him than you. So don't worry about that. Yeah. But you know, if, if his behaviors changed and you asked him 
and there's no reason why his behavior changed and he's not telling you that something happened, then don't make something up. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, you know, you got a better yeah. grade or you have a whatever, who cares? Like, just, just try to let that go. But it's been like the most useful thing of just, no, somebody told me this and I'm going to go with that instead of filling in the blanks and making something up. Wow. Yeah. I know for me, it's like back in, I want to say 2016, I read this book, The Road to Character by, I think it's Albert Brooks, one of the Brooks. And uh, he talks about all these like historical figures, Um, you know, George H. Bush, I think, Mm -hmm. Eisenhower. um, Yeah, a bunch of people. I don't think they were all presidents, but like, anyways... He talked about how the greatest generation, they kind of said, like, don't talk about yourself. Yeah. And um, and like George H. Bush, when he wrote a speech, his mom would always be saying, George, don't talk about yourself. Right. And so if he ever did a speech where it said I in it, his mom mm. would call him up and say, hey, George, you were talking That's about great. yourself. Yeah. And. And so I thought that's such a beautiful concept, like just not talking about yourself ever. And that kind of morphed into like, for me, um, kind of assuming that people don't talk about me. I'm living mm. my life as if people yeah. don't talk about me. Like, I just yeah. like, you know what? Like, I want to represent, you know, my identity well right. as a, you know, Christian, as a man. Mm as a person with this tone of skin, you know, like, it's like, I want to be the best version of all those things. Yeah. Um, and like, if people challenge me on that and say, you know, you're not a real Christian, it's like, mm. that's okay. Like you can think that yeah. I don't care. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about pleasing those people. Um, like I, and I'm not really, I don't view myself as a people pleaser. Maybe I am. I just, I don't think about it that way. Okay. I just want the people around me to have a better experience. I want them to have a good life. Mm-hmm. And so I will work at trying to make things better for people around me. Okay. And that's true in everything I do, like everything I create. It's like, how can I make things better for people? Okay. And so, and I mean, the side benefit is that, yeah, like, generally people like me and like being around me and that's cool um and so yeah I don't really assume like I don't know of anybody really talking about me negatively behind my back yeah I I just assume they don't talk about me and that's kind of how I live my life I mean isn't it kind of egotistical to be like you know everybody's talking about me they're talking crap and whatever and yeah I just like uh years and years I mean I was a preteen it was some fashion show, honestly. It was probably what not to wear. I don't even know. But somebody, <laughs> they had dressed her in like literally a trash bag. And yeah. they were like, no, you need to go in the mirror. And we're we're going to learn this this mantra of I can't control how I am perceived. I can only control how I am presented. Mm. And I was like probably 12. And like I'm writing that down forever. And I just, look, how you perceive me is none of my business, but how I present myself is. And then, you know, coupled with that, like years and years ago, I saw somebody that 
I hadn't seen in a while, but I ended up seeing her a couple of times. And like, to me, she always looked the same, but every now and then she'd be like, you know, oh no, I'm such a mess today. My hair, my skin, my whatever. And I was like, I didn't notice a difference. So I don't know why I, every morning I'm like, oh gosh, I, I'm, I'm down from yesterday. I was better looking yesterday. Maybe I'll be better looking tomorrow. Like just those little fluctuations and like bad hair day and what, like, and that's all superficial anyway, but that I was like, no, I saw her five times this week out of nowhere and I didn't notice any differences, but she definitely was very aware that there was one day she looked better than another. And I was like, if I'm not perceiving this, why would I think that somebody else is like, really like, huh, you looked really different last time or, you know, (laughs) didn't get a lot of sleep, huh? You know, it's, it's, it's all weird ego in the end. It is. And I think that's also like kind of a gender difference too, because Mm. I think like with women, there seems to be a lot more fixation on you need to look a certain way. Um, And as a guy, if I care too much about how I look, that's weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Maybe especially the way I was raised. Okay. Because it's like the moment I looked in the mirror, I felt like it was like, what are you, a girl? Right. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah. And so like, it's funny as I got, you know, into adulthood and started to realize I can be my own version of masculinity. It's like, sure. I can care about what I wear. Yeah. Um, And I guess like, yeah, I think more than anything, I just dress for what I don't like. I like this hat. I think this hat is cool. It's a cool hat. <laughs> and it's like, and it's, it's funny because it's like, I embrace, you know, a certain aesthetic. And, you know, once in a while, people would be like, that hat is so cool. It's like a retro Canucks hat. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, I actually was going to joke about it. I, I don't remember if I joked about this on Twitter, but I was just kind of like, I think I know what it's like to be a hot girl. Because, like, I just I go around with this hat and I'm like, hey, guys, my eyes are down here. Okay. <laughs> For your hat. That's great. <laughs> But it's very much that's the same thing, (laughs) very much the same thing. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, um, I think a lot about like photos when you have a group Mm. photo. Yeah. And how there's so many people that and I, I think I used to be this way, like way back. I'm like, man, I look like garbage in that photo. And I'm so angry that they posted that photo and all this stuff. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize that. In that group photo, every person that's in that photo is like, I look like garbage there. And you realize (laughs) that nobody's actually looking at me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's looking at the group photo. They're not going to single out me and say, right. He looks like garbage, (laughs) right? And it's like this. (laughs) It's not people in a pile of trash. Why did you take that picture? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like this, like the, the group photo kind of thing, I think is symbolic of but it's like to just be to live in your day to day and it's like wow i look really like whatever and it's like yeah but no one's singling you out i think even that's true about my behavior it's like i was in that meeting oh i said that dumb thing right and i'm like okay but like you're in a group photo it's nicely diluted so that mm. everyone's going to kind of forget all those little things that you think matter yeah because in the end, you're just part of a group photo. And overall, people are going to look at it and say, oh, that's a bunch of people. That's all life is. Just one big group photo. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's and true. I, Cause I would look at pictures and I would be like, no, that she looks good and he looks good. That's what they look like. But I'm the one who looks like trash. <laughs> and I think we would all pick up the group photo and pick out ourselves as the trash. Oh my gosh. And if yeah. none of us are in the group photo, we just look at the group photo and be like, oh, that's a bunch of people. There's some people. Yeah. You're still not hope, really singling anyone out. You're fun. never singled yeah. out. You're the only person that's singling yourself out. Ugh, and yeah. at some level, that's like egotistical to single yourself out all the time. Yeah. And um, and I know like for me too, like I'm realizing, and maybe podcasting has helped me with this too. Um I don't like sometimes I'll be like, oh man, I probably shouldn't have said that that way. But then I'll listen to the podcast afterwards and I'll be like, no, I came off okay. Yeah. Like always, like pretty much always. There's never been a time where I'm like, I need to cut that because I sound mm-hmm. stupid or I'm being a jerk or whatever. Right. And like I'm realizing like when I have like a conversation and things go sideways, I just have this sense of, oh, well, that's the way it was supposed to go. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't do yeah. a whole lot of like rethinking, like, and I mean, it's good to like say, okay, next time I'm not going to say that. Cause that totally set her off, you know? Sure. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not going to do that again, but I mean, like to say, I want to go back and I want to edit that out. It's like, no, no, no. Mm. That's the way it was supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. It happened. And so I think like, it's like, and I think it's like, what am I cultivating right now? Like, what am I cultivating in my, um, in the way I present myself? and what's the goal in that and and I think like for me if I keep that as I just want life to be a little better for other people yeah I'm really gonna have no regrets even if I'm misguided and it's like ooh, yeah you know they didn't like that and it's like okay well I learned from that now and I'm not gonna do that again yeah yeah as long as you learn from it the God that I've been with since childhood uh, is pleased with that. Yeah. And uh, it's, I, I think what's been really interesting is like as a father, you know, and having three children and the way that I love my children, the way that I care about my children, the way that I understand their struggles. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, okay, well, they're struggling with this concept of God right now. Am I angry at them? I'm like, no, I totally understand why they're struggling with the concept of God. Yeah. So is God angry at them? And I'm like, well, God's more loving than I am. Mm. (laughs) So Uh I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Because I'm like, this is, if I'm able to be understanding, it's like how much more would be a more loving God? How much more understanding would a more loving God and it's, I, I think what's interesting is that I'm like, I used to like think that atheists were just like these horrible people. Yeah. And yeah. now I look at atheists and I'm like, I get it. And I think God gets it too. Honestly, his PR sucks. So he must know. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that he writes it all off. Don't, you know, our listener can't come for me. But, um, you know, the, yeah, I, I get it. You know, yeah. the, especially you know intelligently this like no I just really don't see the evidence for it and so there but yeah I definitely was like grown up uh raised so so very much in the church that I assumed I don't or was possibly taught that atheists just cannot have morals 
and Mm -hmm. you know that they have they must be like miserable hopeless and just so incredibly evil and some of my very best friends are agnostic at best but you know probably more atheist and just they're good people whose morals are based on doing good to the other humans that are around them and they're doing a good job at some level like i feel like love is beckoning us all Mm. and so like i i know people who have no faith in god or are agnostic and it's like love is beckoning them yeah and it's like maybe maybe they actually believe in god but they don't know it and i feel like religion has created a different version of god that gets people away from love because they believe that this definition of love aligns with this coercion and this kind of like almost like ocd where it's like oh i don't like it when you do that don't do that yeah 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 and it's like and that's their whole concept of god where it's like you know there's a lot of punishment involved for not Mm. following those ocd things and I'm like, I don't think that's it. Like, yeah. I think that it's like, it's love. Are you pursuing love? And I mean, that opens us up to a lot of things if we just pursue love. And I think there's a lot of fear mm. that just love will lead us in some really bad directions. Yeah. But I'm like, the more I think about it, like, I'm like, I don't think we, what we need is love. And so like, when we talk about like church discipline, is a topic I wanted to get into because I, I was just yes. listening to the yeah. Vox podcast and they were talking about um, church discipline. Ooh, and it's, yeah. it, it's kind of interesting to me because I'm like, what I see coming out of the church is that there's a lot of people who are abused in different ways and they're not believed. Mm. And it's kind of like, well, because we, they're trying to tear down this ministry by giving yeah. false accusations of abuse. And then if they actually do believe the victims, they're like, okay, but how do we restore this leader? Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a pretty quick, like it's short circuiting a lot of things. So like within secular mm-hmm. culture, it's okay. like that leader, we're going to cancel them. Right. Which is kind of funny because there's been a few instances now where people were supposedly canceled. And they come back with like a Grammy (laughs) where they talked about the whole thing they did to get canceled and they win a Grammy award over it. So I'm like, these people are coming back. Uh Um, But like at some level, I think that like if you abuse a platform, um, I don't know if you should get that platform back. I mean, there's a lot of things to do with your life. Yeah. Um, do you have to have the same exact platform that you yeah. used yeah. to damage other human beings? Like yeah. it's it's not it's not like we're like taking away everything. We're just yeah. taking away this position of privilege that you or sorry, this position of advantage that go. you were okay. sitting in, right? <laughs> um, and so like I, I think that like I understand restoration. But I think that restoration is like restoration to the community. It's like, okay, so it's almost like, um, you know, living in a communal longhouse, let's say it's like almost Mm. like the indigenous culture. You live in this longhouse and it's like, okay, you know what? You're a danger to the rest of us. We're kicking Mm. you out of the longhouse. 
And then it's like, okay, let's work on that. We'll, we'll do restorative justice. We'll work with you and say like, are we able to rehabilitate you to the point where it's safe to have you in the longhouse again? Mm, I like this. And so it's like, yeah. And so, and I mean, like, do we make you one of the elders again? It's like, I don't know. Like, like just restore them to the longhouse. Yeah. And say, it's now safe for you to be in community with us again. But we had to take a moment where we had to kind of isolate you Mm -hmm. because you were harming other people. Yeah. And I think that like, if we are going to set up church discipline in such a way that we're actually fostering a community that's actually better than the outside world. Yeah. We're going to have to figure out a better way to um, do that restoration because yeah. as is we're short circuiting the process for the victims getting any sort of justice. Mm. And it's something that I sense yeah. is do- being done better in the outside world right now. And I, I know so. a lot of people would object to the fact that, you know, cancel culture exists and all this stuff and that we deplatform people and stuff like that. But I do think that at some level deplatforming should happen. Yeah. And there should actually be a process though. It shouldn't just be a crowd deciding we're going to deplatform this person and that's how it works. Right, right. I don't think mob justice is the best thing. But I think like having a process where we're actually yeah, you should be deplatformed. Yeah. And then we figure out what restoration looks like and maybe it, you can come back to community but not to power. That's yeah. those have to be two different things. I think um it it actually it was on uh, they were playing a game on relevant and it was name three pa- you know name three things blah 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 but the the topic was um three pastors who have had to step down from their positions at their churches because of you know abusive allegations or whatever and everybody like the names in my head I was like oh oh just flying out yeah or at least like I can think of the churches I can think of the whatever but they everybody's so quick to just but he's a man of god and he was doing good and we have to bring him back but when it's especially when it's actual abuse of power um you you can't put somebody back on that that throne give them a microphone right away but then i'm like i i i can remember the 90s and i can remember um some some female musicians who had personal failings yeah who were supposed to never ever have a career again and never be for you know forgiven again and speaking to men about this who were just like no she should never make another album she should never like we shouldn't sing her songs anymore we shouldn't hear her like she can't ever have a ministry again absolutely not and I while I probably agreed at the time because of my raising I know that I also was kind of like but that's just it. Like there's no forgiveness for, for a personal moral failing like that. There's no coming back from that ever, but we're, we're really ready to forgive abuses and put people back in pulpits, but we're, we're just, I don't know. I don't know if this is a Jeff thing. It was at least back then we were really ready to like, Oh, she cheated on somebody and then marry the guy that she cheated with. She's done. She can't have anything. And 
I've totally lost the thread of my point, but I just, I don't know. I've seen like the two of them were like, okay, so we'll just, we'll go like, yes, it was wrong, but because they're in the ministry and they, they really do love the Lord. We have to, we have to be okay with it and let them back in and let them do the work for the sake of the kingdom. But this, this lady can't sing songs anymore. Like, and you know, I just, I don't know. I think it's like up in my head, that duplicity. I think it really stems from like valuing covenant over consent. Mm, okay. And so like you've made a covenant before God. Yeah. All right. Um, and that's again, kind of that overruling God who is OCD and coercive. OCD. And it, yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'm totally missing you using a psychological term. <laughs> I mean, it, it paints a good picture at the very least. Yeah. I, I'm not diagnosing that God with OCD officially. But it's like officially, he's got particularities that yeah. people are trying to adhere to. Um, and so when he calls a man to ministry, mm -hmm. right? Who who can come against that? Right. <laughs> and so that covenant, there's that covenant that's more important than anything else. And consent is completely forgotten because even God himself is not consensual. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he forced Jonah to go preach. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Jonah was like, no. And then it was like, put him in the belly of a whale. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Jonah always had a choice, but like he right. made life really hard. Right. Like, but we would totally call Jonah. that coercive and be like, no, I, 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 he, he agreed under duress. That's yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And so, I mean, like all of that, that, that kind of picture of God if we see God that way and covenant is more important than anything else, then we're going to okay a lot of things that yeah. in the outside world are not okay. Yeah. And the outside world, we're very quick to say, no, that guy should not be a politician anymore. He mm -hmm. hurt these people. We're going to deplatform him. Right. Yeah. And, and the outside world, they're fixated with consent. Mm -hmm. Consent is everything. And people can consent to all kinds of weird things in the outside world that the church sure. is like, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do right. that. Right. And then the church feels superior to the outside world because they don't allow consent for all those weird mm -hmm. kinks, for <laughs> lack of better terms. Right. And so yeah. so the 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 um, kind of OCD church is mm -hmm. like, oh, we don't allow any of those things. So we're better. And then when accusations come forward, it's like, oh, you guys are being like the world here and you're trying to tear down this man yeah. of God. God chose him. He's got a covenant with God. Right. And so they're always trying to establish that. And I think it's the same thing when you talk about David and it's like, did David yeah. rap, rape, rape Bathsheba? And it's like, how dare you guys accuse a man of God? Like he's a man after God's own heart. Right. And I saw like a secular kind of critique of David and saying, the Bible says God, David was a man after God's own heart. Mm. Let's list all the things he did. And I'm like, ooh, that doesn't look good. Right. Like he's, right. he reminds me of a lot of the worst politicians I've yes. ever seen. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I like that David was considered a man after God's own heart. And I understand that like, oh, but forgiveness. And that's the great thing about Christianity is forgiveness. But mm. again, with that OCD God... It's like, he's like, okay, I forgive the abuser. 
and I let them continue to abuse. Like that's, that's yeah. what's so messed up about it. So it's like, okay, so if I get away from the OC D God and I get with the God who is love, mm. you know, it talks about love God, love others. And we always right. think of love God first, then love others. Yeah. Well, I'm like, okay, well, if God is love, 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 and mm. then love others. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so I'm loving love. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's like this perfect love. And I then love others out of that. And so instead of having kind of like love with an asterisk yeah. from the OCD God, where it's like, these are the terms and conditions that apply to love yeah. and has a lot of tough love where it's kind of like, I know this really hurts you, but it is actually love. Believe right. it or not. Yeah. I know this is making you suicidal, but it's actually love. Right. Yeah. But if we love love and love others loving love means that I'm actually going to listen to you. And this is going to be a consensual situation where I can hear you out and you can say things like, I don't believe in God. And it's like, it's okay. I get it. Yeah. God gets yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Like, let's see where this goes. Right. And it's like, and I don't, I guess I am past this idea that I have to sell a brand. Mm. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to love people and encourage people to love. And I believe that God is love. That's where we're going to get. We're all going to get there. Yeah. Ooh, that's very universalist. But you know what? I'm I'm unashamed of that. Rob Bell would be very proud. I just think, I think God's big enough to accept everyone. Yeah. And so, and I just, I think it's unfortunate that we have theologies that really divide people and get, yeah. you know, make things so impossible for people. And make the whole church so impossible for people that it's yeah. like, okay, well, you guys can have that. Yeah. I mean, I was I was fully embarrassed. I mean, this is broader, but um, like I, I don't know, I was hanging out with friends who were, you know, Catholic, and then there was like, um, you know, well, this one's a Lutheran church, and then this one's like Methodist, and there was a lot of like, are they not like like what is the big difference? Like they're Christian churches, right? It's like Yes, but this there's like all these reasons that these are all these guys are a little different from each other, and then these guys are very different from each other, and they all come from really some of them are really stupid reasons. And it's just it was so it was it was genuinely embarrassing that it was that these differences, you know, mean a lot to some people. And I was like, okay, I can't even explain it. I go to a Lutheran Brethren church, which apparently has like 200 buildings in the whole country. <laughs> it sounds like we're Quakers we're not but like but then I'm like no that one's a Lutheran evangelical church I don't know why that's different and that one's this one and we all kind of jumped off of Catholicism which comes from here like and it was it was just wild like the division of whatever and I was like but but at their core all these little buildings believe in Jesus they just have these differences of opinions on other things and that made yeah. them go worship separately yeah and probably for reasons that are not that important, but it was, it was genuinely like th there are differences and sometimes it's important, but it's, it's just, it's just silly. Like you like to say, it's just silly. It's silly. And I think like people take their theology so seriously. Yeah. And like, for me, it's kind of like I adopt a theology that makes me a better human being and maybe, mm -hmm. maybe I'm not getting it right. Yeah. But Forgive me, but I just don't care. 
I just want to be a better person. Yeah. And so I kind of look at it. I'm like, okay, well, if we look at David and Bathsheba. I'm like, if you refuse to believe that David could possibly have raped Bathsheba, you're the type of person that will not believe someone when they yeah. say that they're being abused. Yeah. I don't like that theology. No. And I mean, maybe, maybe the opposite theology could be problematic. I I don't know. I don't really care. Like, I'm like, that's a long time ago. I just yeah, don't like the yeah. type of person that you become when you believe a very strict interpretation on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, you know, my interpretation is that the Bible, in the Old Testament, women were seen as property and David stole Uriah's property. And I'm like, that's what I think the Bible is saying. I think that like looking at it as David probably raped Bathsheba because how would she say no to the queen is a great theology because Mm -hmm. it helps you actually understand that there are people who have power and advantages and they take advantage of other people. And we need to be aware of that. And as Christians, we should stand up for those people who are being taken advantage of. So I think that's a great theology. I don't think the Bible's trying to say that that's what happened. Um, yeah. Realistically, I think it's what's ha- what happened. But yeah, for I mean, a lot of these, but I'm like, I, I like a lot of this is like you can. We're trying to make the Bible say things, mm-hmm. and um, those people who think they have a strict interpretation of the Bible will not acknowledge. Hmm. that women were property david stole uriah's property yeah and i'm like i think that's the plain text reading of it you guys don't just don't want to acknowledge it because you don't want to you don't want to acknowledge that the bible was okay with women being property right i think it's pretty clear like it's like you take that land and those women try Mm -hmm. them out Mm -hmm. and if you're happy with them you get to keep them as your property I mean, the plain text reading, that's what I see. I don't know. And so I'm like, we've progressed past that. And we don't want to see things that way. And I'm glad that people aren't holding to that theology. Mm -hmm. Because that kind of theology makes you a bad person. Yeah. And so everyone's doing it. We're all picking and choosing our theology. So I'm going to pick and choose it so that I can be the best person possible. Yeah. So I can embrace love in better ways. I'm down. I like it. Yeah. Which I'm sure is very heretical for a lot of people. Yeah. But like, honestly, I think that it's just self-deceit. Like to be like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm totally biblical and everything. It's like, okay. Yeah. I, I know, I know what your interpretations on all this stuff is. Like, you literally are not telling women to not speak in the church ever. Right. So you guys are soft on that. You're not entirely biblical on that. Right. And then this whole, like, well, what qualifies as a pastor? Only a man can qualify as a pastor. I'm like, is the word pastor even in the Bible? I mean, it's got to be in some translation somewhere. Some English translation. But it's all just so silly. Pastor, but yeah. 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 And so, I mean, like, to me, it's like, I, you know, I like how Paul was like, what does it matter as long as the gospel is being preached? 
Yeah. It's just kind of like, well, are people, are people encouraging each other to love is still the way I want to take it. And like, that's just my simplistic way of looking at all of faith is drop the brands. Let's just love each other. Yep. And like, is this leading to love? Is this conversation leading to love? And I'm like, well, then great. I don't care who's talking. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah. Right. Well, this was fun. This was absolutely fun. I'm glad it's been a bit. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Good one. Well, have a good month, everybody. We'll be back in a month, probably. Probably. Bye. uh... (laughs) Thank you for listening to ADD Masterminds. We would love to keep you updated on what we're up to, as well as share some hilarious memes. We'd also like to hear from you. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram.